to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. You've got you a great cup of Joe and you're ready to go. Let me ask you this. Have you ever struggled on trying to live out your faith in this hostile culture that we live in today? So did Daniel. He was exiled to the most wicked city of the day. He was tempted. He was intimidated. He was run down. He was run over. But he stood his ground and he held tight and held tough as nails. And that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at the book of Daniel because I believe that there's a lot of things that we could learn from that book because we can see Daniel and his three friends and everything that they went through, but how they remained faithful and they stood their ground and they were tough as nails with everything that was going on around them. So when we look at the beginning of the book of Daniel, here's King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon who came to Jerusalem and took it over. And the Lord gave him victory over Jerusalem and permitted him to go into the temple and take sacred objects. So Nebuchadnezzar took these objects back to the land of Babylonian and he put them in the treasure house of his gods. Now Daniel had three friends, Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azerah. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably crucifying these names. But these were four young men that were chosen from the tribe of Judah, and the chief of the staff renamed them with Babylonian names. Um, Daniel was called uh, Belt-Azar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called uh, Meshach. And then Azariah was called Abednego. Now understand, these young men were taken from their homeland, from their cultures, and there was a shift of culture starting right in front of them. And it's the same as you and I. There is a culture shift that's happening today. And so what I mean by this is in the hostile culture that we live in, in the world that we live in today, we have the world trying to change us as followers of Christ. They want to strip us of our identity. They want to strip us of everything that we stand firm on and try to break us down and destroy it. The same as they're doing with these four young men. But here's the thing. When the culture shifts, um, will you? When this culture shifts like it always does, will you shift with it or will you stand tough as nails? Do you know how to stand strong when all this happens? Because you got to understand, the Babylonians use strategies just like the devil to change and to get us to blend into the culture around us. Just like the new names they gave the four men, this is what the devil himself will do. He will get in, he will get you confused, he will get you turned around, and then he'll get you blending in. And there's people that do this every day. Um, we see this. We see this with people in church. We see this with youth ministers and, and pastors and worship leaders. And something I mentioned at the uh, beginning of this year with this year's episode, I was talking about how all of these worship leaders, these pastors, and leaders and representatives of the church have came out and said, well, I don't know if I can follow Jesus much anymore. My uh, perspective, my vision of this has shifted. 
And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that is just code for a culture shift because they are blending in. They don't want to stand out anymore. They don't want to be the beacon of light that, that Jesus tells us that we all are, that we have to let our light shine before men. They don't want to do that because now something has gotten to them and they're beginning to blend in. And so this is, this is the first thing that we see and you got to understand this. The first thing this this culture will do to pull you away from God is to rename you, to strip you of your identity. You're not going to be a Christian anymore. You're going to be uh, a follower of X, Y, Z. Or you're not going to be um, this person anymore because we're going to make you fall into this group. All right? So when we look at how Daniel handled this, in verse 8 it says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself. He was not going to stoop down to that level. He wasn't going to break. He knew what all was in front of him. He knew the trouble and possible death that he could he could receive. But he was standing firm on what God said. So Daniel and his friends were put to a test by only eating vegetables and water for 10 days. And then after the test, they looked healthier and better nourished than the young men had been eaten from the food assigned to the king. Because you got to understand... Now they were a part of Babylon. And the king wanted to make sure they were fed, so he was feeding them from his table. But Daniel didn't want to defile himself by eating the stuff that this king was eating. So he did a test. He did a challenge. He said, look, we will eat the vegetables and water for 10 days. And after that, like I read, he was healthier and better uh, nourished than the young men who had been eating the food. Daniel held fast to that belief and refused to compromise. And that's what we need to do also. Okay? So, to give you a perspective, to, to get you to where we're at right now, is Daniel and them were taken from their homeland. When Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians, they were taken, they were put into work, put into office, and they were given new names. Their identity as, um, as Jewish people were stripped, and they were given Babylonian names. And they were stripped of all of their identity because the the culture wanted them to fit in with them. All right. We also see this with the the uh, burning furnace or the fiery furnace. That's the name of the the book of Daniel in, in the third chapter. All right. So it's going to be a little bit of reading. I'm going to read uh, verses one through thirty because there's a reason, and I want to bring this stuff out. King Nebuchadnezzar made a image of gold that was 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. And he set it up in the plains of Dura in the providence of Babylon. And then he summoned all of the governors, the advisors, the treasurers. He, he summoned everybody, all the officials, to come to the dedication of the image that he set up. And so when they all showed up, they, they all saw this image of Nebuchadnezzar and they stood before it. And then loudly it was proclaimed, the nation and people of every language, this is what I command you to do. As soon as you hear a horn, a flute, a harp, pipe, or any type of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold of King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horns, the flutes, 
And the, the music, all the nations and the people of every tongue fell down and worshiped the image of Nebuchadnezzar that he made. And so all the astrologers, they came forward and they denounced the Jews. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the music will fall down and worship the image of gold. Verse 11, whoever does not fall down and worship this will be thrown into a blaze fire. But there were some Jews who had set up affairs in the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who paid no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your God nor worship the image that you set up. All right, so I'm going to stop right there. All right, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as I said at the beginning of this, these were the three friends of Daniel that were given Babylonian names because the culture was trying to get them to fit in. Now, here's uh, Nebuchadnezzar, who has now built a golden image of himself and has made a decree across the lands that everyone who hears music must fall down and worship this golden image of Nebuchadnezzar. So you can see where this is going to be an issue for these three young men. All right. So it's amazing to, to see how all of this is playing out. So in verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, the king, said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we cannot, I'm sorry, we do not need to defend ourselves before this matter. If you throw us in a burning uh, furnace, the God we serve will deliver us from it, and he will deliver us. And from your majesty's hands, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you set up. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed, and he ordered for the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. And the command that he gave to the strongest soldiers of his armies to tie up the three young men and throw them into the burning furnace. And these young men were wearing robes, trousers, turbans, and clothes. And they were bound up and they were thrown into the furnace. All right, the king command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames came out and killed the soldiers who took the three men and put them in it. And the three men firmly tied, they fell into the blazing furnace. Verse 24, Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Verse 25, he said, look, I see four men walking in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of God. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second, all right? So when the music happened, these three young men, they stood their ground. They were tough as nails. They wasn't going to bow down to this. And they didn't have to defend themselves, did they? Not like we have to today, because when we get challenged, we automatically get defenseless, uh, defenses. And we want to do nothing but defend ourselves against our actions. But we shouldn't have to, because as a child of God, as a Christ follower, we should never have to defend ourselves. Because as long as we are following his word in his way, we don't need to. And this world gets mad about that. Okay? So Nebuchadnezzar grabbed these, had these young men grabbed up and tied up and threw them into the furnace. 
And then after watching him go into the furnace, he leapt to his feet and he shouted, you know, and asked, wasn't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? And when he saw the fourth one, it looked like the son of God. In verse 26, it says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servant of the most high God, come out, come here. And so when these men came out of the fire, they saw that the fire didn't hurt, hurt anything on their bodies. Their hair was not singed. Their robes were not scorched. They didn't even smell like fire. And this is when Nebuchadnezzar turned around and praised the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that he sent his angel to rescue his servants and the trust in him and to follow the king's command and be willing to give up their lives whether the ser- rather than serve or worship a God other than their own God. Three young men stood their ground, ladies and gentlemen, tough as nails, as I said, did not give in, would not give in. And the king recognized that. The king stopped everything, brought them out, realized that the hedge of protection, the hand of God was around these three men. Now, if God can protect these three men from a furnace, do you not think he can protect you today with everything that's going on in this world? I believe so. I really do. I really believe that God can protect us from the things of this world only if we're willing to listen and follow him. So to finish up with chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar turned around and made a decree to follow the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And trust into what God had in store. So you can see where these men were tested and they were challenged. But there's one more example out of the book of Daniel that I want to bring to your attention. Darius the Mede became king when Nebuchadnezzar died, and the king placed Daniel and two other administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. And everyone became jealous of Daniel because they couldn't find any fault in him except for praying to his God. So they hatched the plan to go to the king and order him for the next 30 days that any person who prays to anyone divine or human except the king will be thrown into the lion's den. Do you see where the setup is again? Okay, so if you're not bowing down and worshiping the king or the, the image or whatever the world wants to set up, then they want to hatch a plan to destroy you, all right? So Daniel continued to pray three times a day, and when the officials found out, they went and they reported on Daniel. They went and told, and Daniel was found guilty and was placed in a den. And the next morning, the king rushed to the opening and called, Long live the king. My God sent his angels to shut the lion's mouth so that it would not hurt me for I have found innocent in his sight, and I have been wronged by you, your majesty. So Daniel was placed under arrest, thrown into the lion's den because he refused to quit praying three times a day to God. And these other people were so jealous and so envy and so full of greed that they were just doing whatever they needed to do to tell on Daniel, to get Daniel in trouble. So how many of you have felt like that? How many of you have went through something like that? 
where you're doing the right thing, you're, you're following the, the rules, and people around you are envious or jealous or, or the greed kicks in because you got something that they didn't. So there's always a plot. There's a, there's a plan that's hatched to destroy you or to destroy your credibility. This happens a lot in the corporate world where people who do the right thing climb the ladders sometimes, and but they're stopped because of people who want to take shortcuts. And we see this a lot. I mean, this has happened to me personally where I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but I'm getting the rug pulled out from underneath me. But I can tell you this, there's people um, that I've ran into that don't do the right things. They, they cheat, they steal, they do whatever they have to do to climb on the backs of people to get ahead. And they are successful in whatever business that it is. But I can tell you this, that may be the only happiness they ever find because they're not right with God, I don't believe. I don't believe they have their heart right with God because if they did, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. So the culture today will try to destroy us and they'll try to destroy what they don't understand. As I said, there is greed and envy when followers of Christ are being blessed to follow the Lord. When followers of Christ are, are uh, going ahead, moving ahead and growing and being blessed, this causes the jealousy of the world to start rumbling louder and louder. We see this in a political environment. We see this in our social environment. We see this possibly in our own personal lives and in our workforce lives. It's out there because the devil wants to stop out anybody who wants to follow Jesus. So we have a job to do. Our job is to go out here and witness and tell the world about Jesus. Tell the world about this great man who can save their soul. Now, the blessings that we get along the way, we, we throw our hands up and we thank God for them. We don't go looking for them. We, we just do what we have to do. And at the end of the day, if the Lord blesses us, hallelujah. And if he doesn't, so be it. You keep moving on. But don't let this world get in the way and start slowing you down. Because I know that this is 2022. This is only the second week of this year. I don't know what this year is going to hold. I don't know how tomorrow is going to be. All I know is what today is and what I'm doing today. Okay. But I can tell you this. My faith and my trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it has not uh, wavered one bit. Neither should yours. Neither should yours. You should always stand firm. Be tough as nails to know that, yes, we're going to be attacked. We're going to, to have things um, attack us and come at us. But we got to stay strong in this. Um, we have to just to stay as, as strong as we can, to be honest with you. Um, the last little bit of scripture I wanted to share with you guys, all right, is, uh, hold on, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull it up right now, is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, okay? This is, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles are not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authority and against the power of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heaven's realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet be fitted with the readiness to come with the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith so you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. All right. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It is the whole armor of God. And it's very true today as it was written thousands of years ago. We have to be able to have the whole armor of God on. We need to have all of that armor to withstand the attacks that we get today. As I started today's episode discussing four men that were taken out of their homeland that were all tested and he stood firm, I challenge you today to stand up and be tough as nails. Stand up and know that if God is for you, who could be against you? Okay? I don't know who this is for, and I don't know what you may or may not get out of this. But This is something I wanted to, to share with you today because I believe now more than ever, we need to be able to stand up, stand firm, and be tough as nails against what the world's throwing at us. And put on that armor and take care and take uh Heed and keep in mind that we need to be alert. We always need to be praying for each other. Because if two or more are gathered in his name, the Bible says Jesus is in the middle. And I truly believe that today as I believed it years ago. So as I get ready to wrap this up, I hope and pray that the Lord blesses you and your family. And I hope 2022 is a good year for you. Okay. Like I said, I don't know where it's going to go. I, I really don't. All I know is this, that every time I'm able to get behind a microphone, be able to spend some time with you guys, I just thank the Lord for it. And I, and I feel excited and I feel renewed and, and energized to be able to, to share uh, the gospel with you guys. All right. So as always, I, w- I want you guys to go to our social media pages, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, our, our uh, Twitters. Follow us. Follow, share, um, like. You know, share the gospel, share everything that you're seeing. You want to be a part of a great group of men and women who want to come together and discuss uh, things of the Lord and be able to pray together. Uh, We have a prayer group page on Facebook called Jesus and a Cup of Joe. It's our prayer group. I call them prayer warriors because these are great men and women that like to get together and, and pray for one another. So if you're looking for somewhere to go and to to be with like-minded people, I want to invite you to come over and check out our pages. Also, check us out at JesusAndACupOfJoe.com, and we're always streaming on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. So as I get ready to wrap up, thank you so much for uh, listening, for being with me, and for taking the time out of your schedule. And remember, you always start your day with Jesus and a Cup of Joe. God bless.